Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Paul Gennetto, an Associate Professor of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic. And Dr. Gennetto is our Vice Chair of Supply Chain, and he's played an essential role in acquiring materials to support our COVID-19 testing here at Mayo Clinic. Paul, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Bobby. It's my pleasure to be here. So can you tell me a little bit about what your normal role was at Mayo Clinic before COVID happened? And then how has that changed as the COVID pandemic started and progressed? My primary clinical responsibilities are serving as the co-director of the Clinical Mass Spectrometry Laboratory, the Clinical and Forensic Toxicology Laboratory, and the Metals Laboratory here at the Mayo Clinic. However, in the January of 2020, I took over as the Vice Chair of Supply Chain Management for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology, which has really transformed my daily life, especially with, <laughs> with the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm, I can imagine. I now have daily interactions with various departmental and laboratory leadership to better understand their supply chain needs and secure the necessary and continuous pipeline of supplies to support our regular test menu on top of several different molecular and serology COVID-19 tests. However, I feel honored I get to work with an elite group of purchasing and supply chain management individuals that are all highly engaged and committed to securing supplies so that Mayo Clinic can provide uninterrupted testing for our patients. It should be no surprise that this group has also held its ranking in the Gardner's master class of top supply chains for the past two years. Wow, that's impressive. So uh, what are some of the current challenges facing the supply chain and what have been some of Mayo Clinic's strategies to successfully navigate through these evolving supply chain shortages and demands for supplies during the COVID-19 pandemic? Like all healthcare organizations and laboratories, Mayo Clinic testing is dependent on reagents and other supplies from industry partners to conduct patient testing. While we are seeing supply chains rebound, there are still many cases of limited supplies at this point. It can range from commodity items like pipette tips for automated handling systems or PCR plates to collection supplies like nasal pharyngeal swabs or M4 viral transport media to the actual reagents required to perform the tests. Right now, the testing reagents are a major limiting factor as we receive limited weekly allocations for all of our molecular and serology COVID-19 reagents, as manufacturers are furiously working to ramp up production to meet the worldwide demands. In order to meet the clinical need, our supply chain team has to bring in and manage all of the consumables and supplies required to support six different molecular COVID-19 assays and three different serology assays across the Mayo Enterprise. Our supply chains are working with and communicating with our suppliers on a daily basis to understand inventory so that we can adapt to changing inventory levels and forecast future shortages. We have had great responses from our industry partners and everyone throughout the supply chain is committed to playing their part in making testing available. In the end, I think there are several key strategies to Mayo Clinic's successful supply chain management team. 
The first is the importance of establishing long-term relationships with your trusted vendor partners, manufacturers, and distributors. They can work with you to better understand your needs and alert you to products that have high demand and or limited availability so that you can secure adequate supply of that item. The second is to have previously identified equivalent backup items for critical high volume or unique supply chain items so that you have redundancies you can tap into if one source becomes suddenly unavailable. When looking at backup supplies, you need to work with the individual laboratories to identify items that meet the analytical or assay requirements. However, you also have to work with the distributors to determine the actual manufacturer and country of origin of each item. Sometimes the same product just gets relabeled or repackaged and is distributed by multiple vendors. But if they're all made in one factory or in one country of origin, you can run into problems when those factories or countries are shut down during a pandemic. A great example is that many commodity products and personal protective equipment were manufactured in China and Italy, whose country's workforces were both severely impacted by the pandemic and manufacturing was shut down. As a result, you need to identify alternative products that are made by other manufacturers in different geographical locations to ensure optimal resiliency and redundancy. Wow, it's amazing all these factors that go into supply chain and things that we don't even really think of like a pipette tip, but without um, we can't perform a test. And so it's amazing the work that your group has done. Um, what are some of the innovative ways that Mayo Clinic has adjusted to overcome some supply chain shortages during the COVID-19 pandemic? In the case of COVID-19 testing, one of the earliest shortages revolved around specimen collection materials for the molecular diagnostic test. Nasopharyngeal swabs are the preferred choice for swab-based SARS-CoV-2 testing. And the two largest manufacturers of these swabs had their main production facilities in Italy. As a result of the pandemic and the increased worldwide demand, it was challenging to get sufficient supplies of NP swabs. Therefore, our supply chain looked into alternative swab types, including mid-turbinate swabs, oropharyngeal swabs, as well as different manufacturers. One innovative way we looked at increasing our NP swab supply involved looking at our own manufacturing ability here at the Mayo Clinic. 3D printed swabs were one potential way to meet clinical demands, as these were starting to be used in various clinical studies and were shown to have equivalent or sometimes better performance than commercial flock swabs. Mayo Clinic had the ability to do 3D printing in its own 3D anatomic modeling laboratory under the medical direction of Dr. Jonathan Morse. Dr. Morris and his team was already helping the supply chain by using his 3D printing, engineering, and innovation to help print additional personal protective equipment, specifically face shields, to address shortages in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis. Amy Alexander, one of the biomedical engineers in the lab, worked to secure uh, an NP swab design file from Dr. Summerdecker from USS Health and Northwell Health, and began to work out the logistics. Dr. Jane uh, Matsumoto submitted an IRB so that Mayo Clinic could then participate as a study site in a larger multi-site trial for using 3D printed NP swabs for COVID-19 testing. With one desktop 3D printer, 
Mayo could print 325 nasal pharyngeal swabs per build, with each build taking about 20 hours. So with eight printers, including the post-processing, packaging, and sterilization of each swab, Mayo Clinic could produce approximately 2,600 swabs per day, with costs equivalent to the commercially vended NP swabs. Wow. Another area where Mayo Clinic looked internally was around universal transport media. With shortages in traditional viral transport media, phosphate buffered saline, or PBS, was given FDA approval to be used to collect and transport patient samples for the molecular SARS-CoV-2 uh, emergency youth authorized assays. As a result, at Mayo Clinic, we worked with Tom Griffin and Terry Barker to ramp up production of 15 mil conical transport tubes filled with three mils of sterile PBS in our Hilton and Guggenheim laboratories. And with multiple shifts of staff, they're able to make approximately 22,000 tubes of PBS per day, which is being used internally and externally by Mayo Clinic laboratory clients. By the end of June, they have already packaged and shipped out over 571,000 tubes that are being used across the Mayo Clinic practice as well as the United States. These are just a few of the examples of the innovation and teamwork shown across Mayo departments and locations to support the supply chain shortages and minimize any potential disruptions to patient care. Wow. So those numbers are amazing, just thinking about that. And this whole pandemic has really uh, prompted us to become innovative with our own internal practices and filling in gaps where we were no longer able to obtain supplies. But just thinking of 22,000 tubes of PBS bottled up and produced every day and then shipped out to all of our Mayo Clinic laboratory clients. That's just amazing. So Dr. Gennetto, is there anything else that you would think would be of interest to our group? Uh, you know, we could talk about the intricacies of supply chain all day. Any major takeaway points? I would just remind people to give a shout out and thank you to your supply chain uh, contact the next time you talk to them and order something. Supply chain is really analogous to the circulatory system in our bodies. We sometimes take it for granted as it's always working behind the scenes to deliver supplies, just like your systems delivering oxygen and nutrients to your tissues, to and from different locations to keep us functioning. Our Mayo Clinic supply chain team continues to work tirelessly to prevent and resolve supply chain shortages. It's a team effort and I consider myself very fortunate to be a part of this fantastic team. Well, thank you, Dr. Gennetto, for the fascinating information. Again, Dr. Paul Gennetto serves as our Vice Chair of Supply Chain Management for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology here at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Paul, it was great to have you with us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.